0: going gets tough the tough get going that doesn't mean they take off like some do what it means is when it gets tough you roll up the sleeves you batten down the hatches you're you're hanging there together to to, to win the battle and uh so the question is this morning i'd like to ask us because what is it that sustains us in our christian faith When things get tough, what is it that sustains us in our Christian faith when things get tough? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this morning we can gather here in your name. Father, we thank you that you're here with us. And the Holy Spirit, I would ask you as I speak this message this morning, you would take it and speak to each of us as an individual, as you see fit. We thank you for your word, we praise you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, that your word brings life. In Jesus' name, amen. I journal fairly regularly. That is, I read a section of the Bible, and then I ask God to just direct my thoughts, and I jot down the scripture and a bit of an observation and how that can apply to my life, I really encourage you to do that. The other weekend we had Failene here and the altar call goes from wall to wall because I'm going to get a word from God. So you're going to wait till next year or you're going to wait till tomorrow morning because when you journal, you get a word from God every day. Sometimes it's, I guess, just rehashing a thought that I have know full well. Sometimes it's just an encouragement for the day. Sometimes it's like, Mal, you've got to change this. You've got to do something about this. But you don't have to wait 12 months to get a word from God. You can have it every day. Just read a Bible plan. There's millions of them out there, whichever sort suits you. And just sit down and spend, well... You always say, it takes you 10 minutes to start with. But then after a while, you, you love it so much, it takes you half an hour or so. But it's so easy to do, and I encourage you to do that. This is mine from uh, my journal on the 13th of August. And the scripture I read was, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. And my immediate thought was, how does a Christian in a persecuted church interpret this verse? Do good and you won't need to fear the authorities. Yet they live in fear of the authorities daily because of their faith and being a good citizen doesn't do them any good at all. How does someone in North Korea, someone in Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, these nations that we hear of so often how do you, do they just not have that bit in their bible i mean they can be dragged out of their home and beat and lose their businesses for the simple fact of having one of these on their shelves how do they interpret that verse I had a look at Open Doors and there's over 100 million Christians around the globe that are suffering persecution for their faith in Jesus. I read just one story of a lady. She'd attended church the day before and she was she was just radiant. She was just loved getting together with her other fellow believers and she was baking some bread to take. And it was, you know, oh, I hope it tastes as good as it smells and... She was ready to go and she, she heard this noise, a loud noise out on the street near her home. And so she's packed everything together. She's going to head off to church. She looks outside and there's a mob. She thought it was boys playing with sticks. There was a mob. And immediately she knew where they were headed. And it was to the church. She raced ahead of them. And as she was nearing the church, the people from the church were looking out. They could see her running. She realised she wasn't going to make it and stopped. Then there was a thump and another, another, and another. An hour later, a man knelt on the ground next to the body. With gentle hands, he wrapped the lifeless form of his wife in a clean cloth and quietly carried her away, tears streaming down his face. As you can probably tell, I'm moved by that story, but I can't relate to it. I can't relate Sandy coming to church, being pulled over by the police and beaten to death. How do they relate to that scripture? If you do good, the government will look after you. You know, at our prayer meeting, we often open most times on a Tuesday morning, thanking God that we can come together and we can sit here in peace and be able to pray. And I think, and we say often, this is the day that the Lord has made We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's easy for us to say, How does that husband say that? Maybe this morning you're here and I've been there. You hear messages that this is taking a pathway to, and it's all right for you. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what my husband's like. You don't know what my job's like. You don't know what my family's like. How can you stand there and say, this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Because you don't know what I'm going through. How does a terminally ill 40-something year old living in Emmerdale got motor neurones disease laying in bed waiting to die how does he relate to this is the day that the lord has made me glad the one who's lost a family member whether that's through death or just not you know been separated hard words have been spoken broken families we see it all And in the size of people that we've got here this morning all those things have been related to, I'm sure. On uh, one night on night chaplains we were just standing on the corner chatting away and a bloke came up to us and he was into us about this stupid idea of being God believers and you know, you've telling people's lies it's a you know your airy fairy nonsense and he's going on about dinosaurs and all that stuff that they all go on about i can't work that dinosaur one out myself but anyway we have plenty of other things that have gone extinct and we don't carry on about them but it's always dinosaurs and then he said it he said my mate's son is dying of leukemia why has god done that ah gotcha i know why you're so angry why does God allow that? I mean, who's heard that question so many times? Why does God allow that? This man was angry, and rightly so. How can a God of love allow these things to happen? And yet, I've read testimonies, I've seen videos of people in persecuted lands. And quite honestly, they look happier than most of us do. My friend who's he's dying. He's happy. He can relate to that verse. Even though he lays there in bed like that. Can't move his legs or his arms. How can we feel these emotions, be in these situations, yet have the peace of God and the knowledge that God is for us? How can we confidently say God is with us when our world is falling down around us? How can we do that? Psalm 119. What a great psalm. 176 verses. And it's all about God's word. Every verse is about how wonderful God's word is. I recommend you read it. But Psalm one hundred nineteen and verse one hundred and sixty-five says, "Great peace have those who love Your law, and nothing causes them to stumble." Great peace. We all know what greatness is. You know, we there's in the military and, and we see in wars there's you know great generals and they, you know, way back in the roman time way for eternity i guess there's been great generals who've commanded thousands of men and won great battles there are great people in our society who do amazing things we call them great but this far outweighs that sort of great because it's god's greatness great peace have those who love your law Great peace. Philippians four six and seven says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and prayer. Prayer. I think I'm a bit too close to the the food. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." There's the key. Our man on the street corner was running away from God and shaking his fist. You mongrel, how can you let that happen to this boy? Instead of running into God and going, how can you help me in this situation? How can you help this family walk in this dark time? Get a love for God's word. Get it deep within us. And nothing, Psalm 119, 165 says, nothing causes them to stumble. Those that love God's word, nothing causes them to stumble. Our problem, as soon as something happens, and we don't like it. We forget God's goodness and his love, his grace and his mercy and all those other wonderful words that we, we sprout when things are going well. Why is this happening to me? What have I done to deserve this? God's goodness and his love and his mercy go far beyond our earthly circumstances. In Psalm 106, 13 and 15 it's talking about the Israelites after they've come out of Egypt their feet are hardly dry from the spray off the sea as they walk through it on dry land and what does it say they soon forgot his works how sad they soon forgot his works they did not wait for his counsel but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert and he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their souls. Romans 7.25 says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So I work from that. If you're, With your mind you can serve the law of God. With your mind you can serve the law of the flesh. It is our mind that makes the decision which way we will go. When things go wrong, which way are we going? Are we going to serve the flesh or are we going to serve the law of God? That's the decision that we make. It says he gave them their request. Where were they looking? Certainly not to God's law. Paul writes to the Corinthians about this and he says now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did he's using that picture from there to remind us where we to put our minds on so we make the right decisions how we look to God no matter what our circumstances Philippians 4 8 says finally brethren whatever things are true whatever things are noble can I have that slide up, please? <coughs> whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are, are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What can be more true or noble? More just, more pure, more lovely, of good report, of virtue of praiseworthiness and God's word. The word for the day, 23rd of July, says the following. Psalm 19, verse 8. The Lord's instruction is right. It makes our hearts glad. He commands, shine brightly, and they give us light. Observe, number one. The commandments of the Lord are right. When people like Plato and Shakespeare speak, the effect of their words on us depend on what we bring to the process. Some of us may be informed and entertained, while others may be indifferent or bored. Their words can be described as intrinsically neutral, but this is not so with God's word. They radiate like heat and light. They are sources of spiritual energy. They possess a dynamic power that produces change wherever it goes. Likewise, God's word is dynamic. It radiates transforming power that changes anyone who lives in its environment. Two, the judge- judgments given by the Lord are trustworthy, Psalm 19, verse 9. The Hebrew word for trustworthy comes from certainty, honesty and faithfulness. With absolute confidence you can stand, stake your all on the reliability of God's word. It guarantees that God says what he means and means what he says. He can, you can stand secure on every syllable of it. In other words, you can live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4.4 4. And number three, by your teachings, Lord, I am warned. By obeying them, I am greatly rewarded. Psalm 19.11 God's word is more than just a list of do's and don'ts it's like radar that signals to you when you're in danger of straying off course and getting into trouble your conscience alone is inadequate how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart, cleanse me from these hidden faults, don't let them control me, Psalm 19 12 to 13 by obeying God's word you will be greatly rewarded where are we looking this morning in the midst of of our problems and our circumstances we can think that well we've blown it we've done no good we've missed it but further on in Psalm 106 after it tells us that God let them go their own way nevertheless what a great word Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry and for their sake he remembered his covenant and relented according to the multitude of his mercies. That's good news, church, isn't it? He relented according to the multitude of his mercies. God's got a covenant with us, church and he intends to keep it. No matter how we are feeling no matter what's happening with us. He heard their cry. Maybe their prayer was like Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And what happened? He remembered his covenant and relented according to the multitude of ...of his mercies. Psalm 119, 165... ...Great peace have those who love your law... ...and nothing causes them to stumble. It doesn't say bad things won't come our way. It doesn't say we won't be persecuted. It doesn't say we won't get sick or have terminal illnesses... It doesn't say we won't lose family members and friends. It doesn't say things that life won't happen to us because we're living, life happens to us. Otherwise you're dead. It says nothing, nothing will cause us to stumble because of the great peace we have from loving God's word. Amen. Psalm 23, verse 4 says, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. One of the greatest psalms that we know of. Everybody knows Psalm 23. You talk to people on the street, they know Psalm 23. I wonder if they believe it. Do we believe it this morning? Even though we're walking through the shadow of death, whatever our circumstances... I will fear no evil, for he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. And what do we find in God's word that can sustain us through all circumstances? What is it about God's word that sustains the persecuted, the sick, the dying, the brokenhearted, the wounded and the hurting, whatever the circumstance? What is it? What is it? Well, I'm going to put to you this morning what I'm sure you know, but we need to really believe it. What is it? It's the hope of glory. The joy of our salvation is what I see gets people through their circumstances Peter writes, now he was one who got in a bit of bother, so I'm pretty sure he knows what he's writing about. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see see him now, you believe in him and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I believe that's why the person in the persecuted church can rejoice and be glad because this is the day that the Lord has made. This is why when all of life's tribulations and pain and suffering come our way, we can say, I have great peace because I love God's law and nothing can cause me to stumble. That is why a man called Horatio Spafford can write a beautiful hymn It is well with my soul. When all his family was lost in a tragic accident. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot they have taught me to say. It is well. It is well with my soul. Why? I hope you've been distracted by my slide. Sometimes distractions are good. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 says, But it, it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man. I, I think it's the NIV has there what no human mind has conceived. I've read some of those books and read articles on people who believe they've been to heaven and have come back. And there's one common denominator. They can't describe it. They, to a certain extent, they can say, well, it was sort of like this, but it wasn't. I just, there's no, we don't have any words in our language to describe the glory of heaven. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That's our answer this morning. The hope of glory. The hope of our salvation. Many years ago, Sandy and I were in a church and it had its ups and downs. Most were down. Every now and then we had an up. But at one particular time, it was really not nice the Sunday morning football show was looking a whole lot more better than going to church seriously I can tell you I've been in this church 18 years and you're so blessed I speak to guys that go and fix up churches just around our state we are so blessed (laughs) one thing Christians do well Hate each other it's amazing if you're a black and white person and you're going to go and I'll look up there so I don't look at anyone if you're going to go and hammer someone just remember the first two commandments before you do please do that but this particular day I must have been showing how I was feeling and I had a good friend came up she said, How come I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you? And I looked her straight back in the eye and I said, If I didn't know that, I would not be here. I'd be home watching football. That's how bad it was. But the hope of glory, the joy of my salvation, kept me going to this horrible place for, I don't know, over a year or it was it's always funny how things worked out after that church after Sandy and I left I can't quite work that one out <laughs> no we weren't the cause <laughs> but we are glad that it has turned around and it's a whole lot better but it was the hope of my salvation that didn't pull me away it's the hope of our salvation you know I said We pray on a Tuesday morning, thank you, Lord, that we can be here and we can pray and we have the safety. You know, we have no fear that the government troops are going to storm the building at 6 o'clock in the morning, shoot the two pastors, that'll be James, and whoever's there, and whoever's here. We don't have any fear of that at all. And yet in the persecuted church, they pray the same prayer. Thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you have made. That we can rejoice and be glad in it. That boggles my mind. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. He's going to finish with a, a YouTube song by a guy called uh, Godfrey Burchill a pommy fella. Do you believe what I believe about you? It's God speaking to us. So if I can, hopefully we can have that. That'll be terrific. Just the words should come up, so just look at the words and listen to the song as it plays through. And I'm getting a shaking head. <laughs> All righty. I wouldn't be a technician, sound or video the life of me (laughs) okay we're not going to go there I have got the words on my desk I didn't think I'd need them but church I hope you get what I'm saying this morning that it's the hope of our salvation that will sustain us in all things not just the good things in all things And it's the hope of glory that makes us stand firm. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us to, as we read your word, to really understand the the, the magnitude of it, the wonderfulness of it, the uh, um, amazingness of it. That it's not just uh, uh, letters written on a piece of paper, but they're words that can go deep into our spirits. They can encourage, they can lead and guide. They can convict us of things that you don't want us to have in our lives. I pray that each time we would read it, that through your Holy Spirit you would speak to us. Father, I'm totally aware that there's many this morning here that have situations that are tough. And they're asking those same questions. Why me? What have I done to deserve this? how can you let me go through this Lord Father I know you understand their grief for you had to send your son as we've, we've remembered this morning I wonder if you asked why my son why did I have to send my son why didn't these people just behave themselves and I wouldn't have to sacrifice my son Jesus, you know our pain. You've been through the ultimate pain. An agonising and embarrassing death. But Father, you saw the joy of salvation beyond that cross. Thank you, Jesus, for being obedient. Father, we give you all the praise and all the honour and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One thing I know is the last